This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's betting the ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome to the Preakness edition of Betting the Ponies right here. Brought to you by Brett Rivers, Monzo, Malusis, Moose. We are another week removed for some great racing. Leg two of the Triple Crown Series. Mage, Madge, however you mage. want to call him. Mage. Mage, I've, Mage. I've heard Madge. I've heard Mage. I'm just going to go with, with Mage. Madge is the engineer for uh, Mets baseball. And he's never missed the game. No. But, uh, and that's, that'd be great if, of course, they had Chris Majikowski, yes. <laughs> the Immortal. Uh, the Immortal, Yes. Yeah, we got. We, listen, we got the Preakness on Saturday. Uh, you know, do you you want to get the pom poms out? Is it a great betting race? No. Are we going to try and make a little bit of money on it? For sure. I mean, that's why we're here. That's why you listen to us each and every week. But we've only got a field of seven. We've only yeah, with the scratch of first mission uh, early on the the morning of Friday, and basically uh, the rumors were running rampant for the better part of thirty six hours before he officially scratched. So he's out of the race. There's probably three horses that could conceivably win it. Mage is eight to five on the morning line. He's probably going to go off at even money, four to five. I think the odds are maybe three to five, something like that. When you look at Mage on Saturday, when they open up the gates right after seven o'clock Eastern time down at Pimlico for the Preakness Stakes, but it's the second jewel of the Triple Crown. And if Mage is victorious on Saturday night, well, then that sets up for what will be a great three weeks and a great three weeks for Thoroughbred Racing as. Uh, We'll have a triple crown on the lead, a line for the Belmont Stakes. And I have a, a lock winner in the Preakness, and it's not Mage. So Whoa! Going to disappoint those rooting. He's going Baffert. He's going Baffert. He's we, going Baffert. No, we won't. That's coming up a little bit later on in the podcast. We will go through all the graded stakes races at Pimlico on Saturday. There's plenty of great stakes races. We will give you the graded ones. We'll give you the regular stakes races via social media on Saturday. But, Moose, we got... Five greatest stakes races, if you include the Preakness. And we are going to start off with race six on Saturday. That is the grade three Chick Lang, six furlongs on the dirt moves. Four three-year-olds. Some good horses in here. Baffert training a horse, Asmussen, Myth Peak. Uh, a good field, not a huge field. And a lot of the races on Saturday don't have these tremendous, you know, 13 or 14 uh, horse fields. But we do have seven in this field. I think it's a pretty good race, and I think it's a price to be had, Moose. Now, the favorite is the inside horse having a meltdown for Baffert, coming out of running really well in Saudi. Uh, But this horse has traveled a lot. I mean, he's gone from California to Saudi, now back over to Maryland. So, 8-5, to a little short on the rail for me. Where did you land? I went outside Prince of Jericho, the 7, for with Russell aboard. Buyer speed figures, you know, I, I do think fit. Um, you know, you look at the Baffert trainee, the one having a meltdown, um, you know, highest buyer speed figure of 94 in the race still, 
I, I think Prince Jericho is going to get pace to run at. I do. I, I think you look at the one's going to go. The two rivet is going to probably go. Uh, conceivably, obviously, the five Super Chow is going to go. The four Bristol Channel is going to go. So six furlongs, I think they're going to get a contested pace up front. I'm going to go with uh, a little bit of the outside uh, Prince of Jericho, who I think is sitting on a good race nine to two on the morning line. Yeah, I mean, I'm not using the same horse, but I have the same idea in mind. I think you have a lot of speed in this race, having a meltdown, rivet. Uh, Super Chow is going to be going, I think, as well. Uh, I looked at a horse at a little bit of a price. Uh, that's the three horse, Forza Departure. Oh! Morning line. Uh, if you look at this horse's running lines, this horse has run a ton for a three-year-old. Twelve races. They tried to get this horse into the Kentucky Derby. Did not excel when adding distance. Certainly didn't excel in the slop. But if you go back to some of the sprints running at seven furlongs and six furlongs, this is where this horse was really running well and, and winning and running good numbers. And if you look at the last out, they tried to bring this horse back in the Pat Day Mile. Did not break well. Fort Bragg should have won that race. That would have been a big hit for me. Uh, but still made up some ground late uh, for Brian Hernandez uh, into what was a, a pretty fast pace, but not like overwhelmingly fast. I think he's going to get a lot of pace here. Flavian Pratt is, as you know and I know, is as good as it gets uh, at, at you know, making a move earlier or waiting until he has to go. And I think that this horse loves sprinting and doesn't like, uh, you know, two turns. So frosted departure, eight to one on the morning line. I am going to use the one having him held down all the talent in the world. Uh, I don't, I just worry that there's too much pace, too much speed in this race. The horse is going to be on the rail. Now we don't know how the track's going to play, but two bullet workouts coming here. Baffert's going to have, you know, Baffert's on a mission this weekend right no so, doubt so uh, i'm going to use the three frosted departure with a little price eight to one having a meltdown is my second pick moose yeah i'm going uh, you know i went seven three two i'm going to try and get the baffert out is what i'm going to try and do rivet uh asmussen uh distance three for four has never run a pimlico buyer speed figures do fit i do like your i, I because i i do think there'll be a lot of pace to run out a little concerned that you know, an experience at the distance, only third time, Flavion Pratt at six furlongs, four frosted departure, but huge fan of his sire as we both were in frosted. Um, I'm going to use him underneath. I'm going to try and do it, the as the Harvey Pack would say, the old 7-3 exacta uh, with uh, Prince of Jericho on top of frosted departure. Race seven, Saturday, Pimlico, the grade three Gallaret. A lot of great threes, but a lot of good turf races, and this is one of them. Again, as I said earlier, not a tremendously large field, seven horses in this field. And uh, I'll tell you who, when it comes to a race like this, and you know how much I like lone speed, especially in a turf, there's not a lot of speed in this race, if any. I don't see anybody that needs to lead, but I see a horse that's gone to the lead in the past. I see a horse whose sire likes to lead, mm. and a rider who runs well in the lead, and that's the five, Regara. 7-2 on the morning line, coming off a bit of a layoff. Joel Rosario takes it for Grand Motion. I just, I'm looking at who will go, and there's no, there's no lock on who's going to go. I know Traffic Song may go from the, from the three, but I just don't think that horse is fast enough. I think Joel Rosario is going to get this horse out there. He's also run well at Kentucky Downs, which is something I like in turf horses because that's such a tricky track. Um, tricky track, say that a bunch of times in a row. Uh, but, a, you know, a graded event winner. Joel Rosario, he owes me about 5,000 races. I think he's going to get one for me here. 7-2 on the morning line. I also like the inside horse, the one white beam. Chad Brown, Irad Ortiz. And what I like about this horse is, if you look at his last race, first off, he had Manny Franco on board, so that's, to me, a downgrade in rider. And second off, I like horses that close on a speed-favoring track when there's no pace. If you look at the 
if you're looking at the daily racing form, the S means it was a speed-favoring turf track, only running a mile. They went 25 and 49, and he came off the pace and almost won. So to me, this race is going to be kind of similar. I just think Joel Rosario has a little bit of a better horse. I'm going to use Vergara over the one white beam. Yeah, I went with the, the Irish bread, Sopran Basilia. Uh, the two, Grand Motion, Luis Saez. You know me, Monzo. And as, as the, you know, the more you listen to this podcast, I, I, I do like the Europeans that come stateside. And Motion has a history of, of bringing horses over from over in Europe. Now, ran over in Italy. You look at the time form ratings of 108, 101, 101, 105 as running Group 2s and Group 3s. Um, you know, some might look at his at, at his pedigree. It clearly, obviously, a turf horse, but running at a mile and a quarter, mile and a quarter, mile and a quarter. Now they shorten up to a mile and a sixteenth. I think Grand Motion's not putting him in here. He's been really successful when you look at Preakness Weekend over the years. He's really successful with European horses coming stateside. He gets a really strong finisher in Luis Saez. Um, you look at it, he, he got headed in his last race in October in a Group 2 over in Italy and lost at the wire. That was at a mile and a quarter. Maybe shorten him distance up a little bit. I'm intrigued by Sopran Basilia, the two. Um, I'm going to be using him uh, on top. I do agree with you about the one white beam. I'm going to be using him underneath. I'm going to be using the five underneath. And I'm, not, I'm surprised you didn't mention, even though it, buyer speed figures might be a little bit light, uh, always mention the other Chad Brown, Eminent Victor, the four with Flavion Pratt aboard. But I like the two, Sopran Basilia. Yeah, I was looking at Eminent Victor, who I've bet in the past. This horse yes. finds trouble every race. Every I time, know. This horse just finds a path. But you know this Saturday he's not. <laughs> right. This he'll find. You know this Saturday she will not. Right. And so Eminent so Victor like will be victorious. And you'll be ripping up tickets. <laughs> That's You know that happens because you've I, done it. You like mage, like after the Florida Derby, you're like, I found my derby horse, found my derby horse. You convinced yourself to go with Angel of Empire. There was mage winning the derby at 15 to 1. Well, if you look, I was on mage and disarm, and they finished 1 4, and I didn't bet either of them. So that's, I know. Well, you, I, yeah, I know. Monzo's good at picking that bloodstock. Uh, Eminent Victor to me finds a lot of trouble. I can't. I, I, she's running, you know. It's a good horse. Well, I, well, I use her in a multi-race wager, of course. I won't throw her out. I just really think I'm going to look at form here. I'm going to look at how the race flow, as our buddy Kenny would say, goes. And I think a horse on the lead is going to be uh, crossing the finish line first. Race 8, Moose, on Saturday, the dinner party. Grade 3 event, a mile and an eighth on the turf. To me, one of the biggest throwout favorites is the one, Atone. Uh, to me, this horse Whoa! This really? horse, to me, Atone, to, you know, 24 races, the six-year-old had a streak of running well, and that streak's coming to an end. We saw it last out, had nothing. Uh, I, I can't believe this horse is 9-5 to five on the morning line. I'm excited this horse is 9-5 to five on the morning line because I will not be using Atone. Uh, where did you land? I landed outside Emmanuel, Todd Pletcher, Irad Ortiz. I think he'll improve off the maker's uh, mark mile effort at Keeneland uh, when he went a, a flat mile. They stretch out to a mile and an eighth. Um, one for one at the distance. I don't think the mile suits him. I think he'll, he'll, he's going to get a little bit of a pace to run at. I think you've seen him. He's been handy enough. He's one on the lead. He's one from coming off the pace. Uh, like the fact that Irad, who is as good of a jockey in North America as we have, hops on board for Todd Pletcher. I went outside with the seven, Emmanuel. Yeah, we're on the same horse here. Uh, if you look, the, you know, two back in the Canadian turf, you know, won a really good race. The Tampa Bay, the Grade Three event uh, back in February, and a, and a race that set up for him. 
but he won the race, and you got to win the race that's set up for you. Beat Win from Within, who's a good horse. Uh, last year ran the Saratoga Derby against Nations Pride in Annapolis. Uh, Annapolis. Didn't do too much of that race, but that's where they had this horse going. They had this horse running in big-time races, and Pleasure's horses are going right now. Um, they played a lot for this horse. He gets an A-level rider. Emmanuel is my top pick. The second horse I used is the horse right next to him, and that's never explained. 10-1 to in the morning line. Uh, Flavian Pratt gets a horse that's going to be sitting close. Uh, I can't believe the price is 10-1 to based on the field. Uh, I think this horse is going to be sitting just behind Emmanuel, who might be on the lead uh, in this race. Another paceless race, in my opinion. So 7, Emmanuel, 7-2 to on the morning line. Never explain. For Shug, who has these horses ready to go, 10-1 to on the morning line, Moose. Yeah, I put never explain in its own in the third spot. The second horse I like, um, I'm going to go, I mentioned old 7-3 exact. I'm going 7-4. I like Hurricane Dream to run second in the race. Uh, coming over from Europe, Grand Motion, similar connections. We mentioned the previous turf race, but... Uh, Hurricane Dream, ridden by Joel Rosario. I think the distance, and usually when you see European horses come stateside, is that they don't love the boggy ground. Rain could be in the forecast Saturday down at Pimlico, down in Maryland, so check the forecast. But first race out of the gate in 23 at Keeneland, one you know allowance company and one by daylight with Frankie Dettori aboard. Now steps up a little bit in class. But you look at his running Group 2s and Group 3s over in Europe and France and in Germany. Time form rating has him, you know, right there with any of the horses in this race. I'm going the old 7-4 exacta. I like Emmanuel on top, but I would not be all that surprised if Hurricane Dream runs second. I wouldn't even be surprised if the four wins the race. Race 11 Saturday, the grade three Maryland sprint, six furlongs on the dirt for three-year-olds and upward moose and uh this is the last graded event before the preakness so uh this will be the last one we get into and i, I i'll tell you i looked at this race and even though it's dirt i'm kind of going with the same premise i, I don't see uh, this is a a unique speed sprint race with well, who no, do you like i like i like straight no chaser uh for dan blacker out of spikester you remember how fast spikester was oh out of yeah down uh ran a 101 last out to me, this is the fastest horse in the race. I, I know wonder where Craig is on the outside, may go to lead as well, but I don't think he's as fast. So uh, I'm going to be looking for that seven, about eight horse straight, no chaser. John Velasquez, uh, to me, still one of the best in the game. Who I had, you know, to me, he's burned me a lot, but I still trust him in a big spot. So this horse, straight, no chaser, coming off a massive uh, performance at Oakland last out to me, uh, three to one. I'd be stunned if I get anything over 9-5, to five, to be honest with you. I think this horse is going to be a big play, uh, a lot of speed in this for this horse, and a speedless race. Straight no chaser is my top pick. Yeah, I mean, it's it's honestly, it's it's hard to argue. I, I tried to find somebody other than the, the 8 or the 10, and I uh, found it very difficult, to be honest with you. So I, I'm just going to go kind of where the best price is, best price lies. It, it's not my favorite bet of the day, six furlongs. I think Monzo's all over it. When you look at it, uh, the speed, Velasquez hops back on a board. Uh, you know, clearly, you know, one on a fast track at Oaklawn Park, you know, fired out at a 101. They roll them back into the Maryland sprint on Saturday afternoon. Uh, there's not a ton of speed signed up in the race. I also think he's the speed of the speed. So whatever it is, I mean, you got to remember, he went 22 and 45 and two out at Oaklawn and won that race by seven and a half lengths, seven and a quarter lengths, and won it going away. Um, we're on the same horse again, uh, the eight straight no chaser. I do think the only horse making up ground will be the seven Nakatomi at five to two. Yeah, uh, on the morning line. So if you're looking for someone underneath, not a big price, but 
I'm probably going to play that 8-7 exact cold. Uh, that's going to be straight no chaser. Over the 7, Nakatomi in the Maryland Sprint Moose. I'm going to throw one other horse to use oh, underneath. Okay. I would use, yeah, I would use the 1 uh, full authority underneath. I don't think he can win the race, but I would use the 1. Um, you know, it was, ran in the Maryland Sprint last year, finished 5th, beaten by 10.5 lengths, was 9-1 to one that day. Uh, breaking from the rail, uh, forced start off of the layoff. Um, I would not all be that surprised to full authority the one outruns his odds. Coming up, we still got to get into the Preakness. That's going to be the top of the stretch. But next, a couple names for you. At least I have a name for you. And a bonus pick out of Monmouth Park for me. Uh, as my home track uh, got going last weekend. Stakes races. But they, you know what Monmouth Park, Monmouth Park is doing, Moose, this year? Every day, every racing day offers a stakes race throughout the year. Oh, that's great. So that's a, a new feature uh, this season is that every racing day, not a graded, not a graded stakes race, but a, a stakes event on every lot. Monmouth Park you go to, you feel like you're on vacation. You walk in, everyone's in sandals. You, you know, you've got you know, good backyard food, the, the hot dogs and the burgers, the grills going, you know, and then you walk out. It's a pretty setting to watch the horses as they get saddled up. I, I think I don't even know if they still have it. You know, the first time I went to Monmouth Park, I was impressed because where the jockeys hang out in between races, they actually have a pool. Uh, to hang out in as well. There was like a pool back there at one point in time. I'm dating myself like 25 years ago, but it was a long time and they might have gotten rid of the pool. But still, um, <clears throat> there seemed to be, there was a pool. I Like, Monmouth's a great track to go to. Monzo's home track. I can't to he- wait to hear what his bonus pick is. <laughs> My bonus pick is at Monmouth Park. That coming up next, Budding the Ponies, Bet Rivers. You're listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. Back here, betting the ponies, bet rivers, Malusis, Mons, what's going on? What up? Uh, what up? It is Preakness Saturday coming up. I will have a best bet lock of the day in the Preakness. I feel really good about it. Really good. But this segment, uh, before we get to the top of the stretch, I got a bonus pick in Monmouth Park. Race 8, Saturday, the Spruce Fur Handicap. Jersey Jewel, 9-2 on the morning line. Uh, I looked at this race up and down. Not the favorite. 9-2 for Jersey Jewel, a horse that likes to be in the lead moose. And uh, we talked about it at length off the air many times. You get a horse on the lead at Monmouth Park, you might as well just, you know, there's more often than not that horse is going to carry that speed all the way to the finish line. No, it's a tremendous speed-favoring track. It's like they're running on pavement uh, at Monmouth Park. So it's difficult to make up ground. Horses do. Depends on the, as Monzo talks about all the time, pace of the race and everything. But, Yes, it historically speaking, it does favor horses that go to the front end. So the Spruce Fur Handicap Race 8, like I said, there will be a stakes event every racing day at Monmouth. So if you like good racing, check out every uh, stakes race they run at Monmouth Park because maybe you'll find a price or maybe you'll find the winner. And also, uh, I only bet the names. Uh, we focus a lot on the Preakness. So, and I looked at a lot of races, moves, and I couldn't find any names I liked. But this one, I almost was going to uh, botch the segment this week, but I found one that I thought was funny. Uh, oh. Race 6, Gulfstream Park on Saturday, 8 to 1 in the morning line, Brittany Spurs. Instead of Spurs. Ah, oh, I like that. Spurs, like the, the basketball team. But Brittany Spurs, 8 to 1 in the morning line, race 6, Gulfstream Park on Saturday. Uh, I got one for you. Yeah. Race 2 at Belmont Park on Saturday, which is the Paradise Creek. I think they're moving it up because there's rain in the forecast. So that's why it's a 7 furlong event. I'm not sure if he can win the race. Uh, but the 7 vacation dance, John Kimmel. I've seen, you, I've seen you do that. 
Yeah, there's nothing better than the night before vacation. I've seen you dance on vacations. Yes, you have as well. There's nothing better than enjoying it. Like the getting away, refreshing, all that kind of stuff. Vacation dance in the Paradise Creek Saturday at Belmont Park. When it comes to dancing, I don't think you go on vacation. My favorite, one of my favorite things to tell people about Moose is if you ever see Moose at a wedding, he's always, first off, Moose is a great dresser, much better than I. I'm a t-shirt, shorts kind of guy. Moose will dress up, you know, shirt, tie, jacket, coat, hair done, looks great. And you see Moose at the beginning of the wedding and he looks prim and proper and everything. And then you see pictures for later in the evening when he's got a couple of cocktails in him. He's been dancing, you know, sweating a little bit. The shirt's undone, basically unbuttoned. The hair looks like, you know, an afro all of a sudden. You can tell Moose has been having. Moose loves weddings. Oh, weddings are great, man. The music's going, the bars rolling. Like, you have a good time, but there's no doubt. Like, at the beginning of the wedding looks completely different. At the end of the wedding, I look like, uh, you know, John Belushi. That's what you it basically looks like. You can tell Moose is a guy. Shirts out. Classic, classic father, husband, worker. Does get many nights out. He goes to a wedding, has a good time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Got a babysitter. He's ready to go. You know, no doubt about it. No, no doubt about it. That's it. That's it. That's the ultimate. When you have a little bit of free time, you got you to gotta make use of it because it doesn't come all that often. We will get into the Preakness next. That is the top of the stretch. The grade one Preakness, the second leg of the Triple Crown 2023. Can Mage get it done? We'll break it down next. Betting the Ponies, Bet Rivers. You're listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Moose. Top of the stretch here. Yeah. Preakness, the grade one Preakness. I'm a mile and three sixteenths on the Pimlico dirt, a field of seven now. And I heard a lot of people. Oh, it's just, it's so, so bad for racing. And, oh, it's seven horses. What a bad race. And you know what? You know what I tell them? You're right. It's horrible. Enter your friggin' horse in the Preakness. There's a 1.5, there's $1.5 million on the line here. Get your horse to the race. I don't, you know, it's just, it's crazy to me how these owners avoid these races. If you have an opportunity, if you look at the field and you see that there's only seven or eight horses going, if you, if you can get your horse in, why are you not at this point? Yeah, it, for a couple, number one, it's a terrible look for the sport of thoroughbred racing. And, you know, you, you want to make sure your horses are healthy. There's a lot of money to be made later on in the summer and spring as well. I get that. I understand it. They've minimized the impact of of the of the Preakness stakes because, and, and i got to be honest with you, I, I think it also diminishes should Mage win on Saturday uh, the victory for Mage. Like, what is he exactly beating? Um, you know, he's eight to five on the morning line. There's not much here. I mean, there really isn't. There's two other horses that potentially could win the race. Everyone else is either god awful or slow. I mean, that that's when you look at the rest of the field. Um, and so if if Mage doesn't win, well, if he wins, then it's you're gonna look back on and, and if he wins it decisively, you'll be like, yeah, well, I mean, he just won the Kentucky Derby, he didn't bounce to the high heavens. He's the fastest horse in the race. Uh, he was able to, you know, there's not going to be any kind of traffic issues. Gate problems will not be a problem for Mage on Saturday night down in Preakness. Doesn't minimize a, a triple crown beyond the line. That's a debate for another day and a conversation for another day. But when you look at it from a betting perspective, I agree with you, Mons. Like, we look forward to these days as horse players because they're fun. They're exciting. Like, you grew up or, around the track, going to the track with your dad, uncle, aunt, mom, whatever it might be. And there, you know, in in May, you thought about the Triple Crown, the Derby, the Preakness, and then in early June, the Belmont Stakes. And when you look at this field, and now with the defection and the scratch of first mission, uh, contention gets even shorter with a field of seven where, like I mentioned before, it's not a great field. Like, we can't sit here and tell you, it's an unbelievable field. All those people are idiots. No, no, it's 
It's just not. There's other ways to make money. We ran through the other stake races on Saturday at Pimlico, but you know, you've got to be pretty particular about how you play this Preakness stakes because it can be really, really chalky. Well, I, I think what you need to look for if you're a good handicapper and a player is that a lot of the people who don't typically bet on horse racing just bet on mage, right? And they don't know the prices, they don't care about the price, and hopefully that elevates some of the prices for the horses that actually have a chance outside of Mage. Unfortunately, with the Scratch of First Mission, you're not going to get too much help there. Um, And I I think the argument you can make, and I think we could actually have this debate or conversation even with seven horses in this field, do we still know what Mage is like? Like I no. like Mage, but like let's let's look at it. If you look at his his four races, you know didn't break. I mean, his what is he won his debut. He won the maiden race at at Gulfstream, but doesn't break in the Fountain of Youth. Doesn't break in the Florida Derby. Makes an early move and gets cut that and gets uh, beaten by Forte. And then last out, I mean, he they went forty five up front, and he just made he he beat Angel of Empire to the move, and that's essentially what happened. Not at all. You know, taking away what he did, he ran great, but he got the perfect setup in that race. And he in did. previous races, he's had issues. He's had gate issues. He didn't break. He made an early move. And typically, when I went into the Florida Derby, and when you and I broke down that race here, and we talked about it after, I expected him to be closer on the lead, right? So I was expecting a different style of running. He was forced not to do that. Last out, I don't know what the game plan was, and I'll be honest with you, I don't think many horses get told by their trainers outside of, like, try and get a good trip, you know, because... You know, Mage, the idea the, the idea for Mage in the Derby might have been to be close to the lead, but, you know, there's 20 horses. You don't know how you're going to break, so he just kind of has to take what he's given, and Javier Castellano did a tremendous job uh, navigating a trip. Do you think Mage is going to, if he breaks well, just is going to say, I'm the best horse, I've historically been on the lead, I can go to the lead, or is it now just strictly a situation where he has to get a setup, he has to be behind the pace, he has to let the speed go if there is any speed, and make a move? Uh I think the game plan for him, if he wants to win, should be to go close to the lead. Because I think if he gets national, if he lets national treasure, who's going to have the blinkers on for Baffert, we talked about it earlier, Baffert's pissed. You know, let's be honest, he is, he's ticked. He wants to have a good showing this Saturday, this horse, national treasure, who has, for me, has been a major letdown as a better. I've bet this horse a couple I'm not a fan of the horse. I'm not a fan of the horse, but he's been training well. He goes back to Baffert here for this race, uh, adds the blinkers. I actually like the draw to the rail. I like Velasquez. To me, it would stun me if National Treasure gets to the lead in this race and does not win. I think Baffert is going to have this horse ready. I think this is a not not a lock of all locks, but I do National love him. Treasure will be a single for me in this race. I you just don't know him. what to expect from age. I don't know what kind of horse he is. What it's do you think? Almost, what are the odds you think I'm getting on National Treasure? A nine to five. I mean, you think I that's think, worth it on a horse that well, can finish think, at a mile and an eighth or a I mile and sixteenth? I think it's because of the trip. I'm looking at. I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of last year's Preakness, where early voting got the lead, put everybody asleep. Epicenter, clearly the best horse in the race, can't get there because he doesn't break well and he's coming off the pace. Mage, I think they're going to relegate Mage now to being a closer, even though I think he should be on close to the lead in this race, and he's going to try and make up, you know, almost like he's going to almost do what Ole's Dreaming did, where he's going to try and make a move and have nothing, and Classic Empire uh, gets chased down late by uh, the Chad Brown horse, and, you know, another race I wanted to jump off a bridge, but... um, You might be right. I mean, he's shown it. I, I don't know if he was just doing that because it was a sprint race, or was he 
doing that because he's handy enough to be able to do that. I don't know that answer. Now, do you, you've been successful in the Florida Derby, ran second, Forte ran you down. You won the Kentucky Derby racing in a particular style. Maybe you move him up a little bit closer where he's not eight, ten lengths that far off of it um, to where you move Mage. I think you make a good dynamic and good point. If you've got the best horse, and he's the best horse in the race by far. Talent-wise, like, I agree with you, yes. Like, he's the, he's the best horse in the race. Like, you know, we, we could talk about National Treasure. You could talk about Perform. You could talk about Blazing Sevens. He's the best one in the race. Do you take him out of his comfort zone, do something a little bit different? Is he handy enough when you look at it? Historically speaking, Delgado, if you look back to his training stats, he's had now a lot of those victories have come in claiming races, but he's had a lot of success of wheeling horses in, on two weeks' rest or less uh, and bringing them back and, and winning um, so that plays into, you know, keeping the horse, you know, right. He's been training well, you know, he looked great. No worse for the par of the day after the Kentucky Derby. Like it's not, there's nothing not to like about Mage. And, and we might not have even seen the best of him. Like we really might not have, like, you know, they bought him for $290,000. It's a great story. When you look at him, we might not have even seen the best of Mage. I, I agree with you. I think national treasure is interesting because he's going to be the lone speed. Unless unless Coffee with Chris decides to to basically go neck and neck with him, then well, it's interesting what him, what's up. I don't think Coffee with Chris can keep up with National Treasure. Yeah, you might be. I mean, you might be right unless he basically tries to quarter horse him and goes basically goes right to him and just doesn't care. I, I mean, I I don't know, but you're right. I don't think he's quick enough. The problem with National Treasure is they put the blinkers on. You know, he's going to the lead, breaking from the one. It's John Velasquez. It's Baffert. The history of success at at the Preakness and Pimlico. I, I just. The problem I have is I don't like the horse. Like, I, I, he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't go to the lead, he's not winning because he doesn't pass horses. Like, he doesn't, he never passes horses in the stretch. He, he, he's been a massive disappointment. You know, when, when you look at it, they spent a half a million dollars on this horse in National Treasure. Mage is the most likeliest winner. I landed on, I, I, I'm, I landed on a horse Monzo talked about early on in the, the, the Derby Trail. I, I, I went with the seven blazing sevens. I don't know. Like it's, it's a ch- Chad Brown's had success at Pimlico and the Preakness. He pointed this horse to the race. It's the third start off the layoff. I don't know. Here's a couple of questions. I think if the race, if you get a little bit of uh, moisture in the track, I think it helps bla- blazing sevens. Um, I don't know if he wants to run this far. I'm not sure. You know, evened out in the bluegrass. I like the fact that I read Ortiz hops aboard. I like the fact the way that he's looked in training. The last bullet at Belmont on on May the thirteenth, um, at you know at five furlongs was pretty good. That's that's where I landed trying to with with the understanding here that I know it's going to take a lot to beat Mage. Like if you're asking me, like if we're going through it, Mage most likeliest winner. I think Monzo's pick National Treasure is the second most likeliest winner. I think the third one, the third most likeliest winner is Blazing Sevens. Like I would be stunned. If anyone other than those three won the race, I, I visually perform his win in the Frederick Tessio was great. He's slow, like, and I know they supplemented him for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to put him in this race, and everyone's going to talk about well, Shug's not going to enter the horse unless he really believes the horse is going to run well. That's fine. Tell me how he's going to improve speed wise because how he, he, you know his highest buyer speed figure is eighty five. Like the horse is slow. Like, I, I, there's no other way to cut it. The horse is slow. He might be able to finish third if he gets enough pace up front. I just can't win the race. Yeah, I actually – and and the horse I'm, I'm surprised isn't getting any attention is Red Route 1, who I, I know needs a setup, but he gets an A-level rider. Whether you like Joel Rosario or not, he's still an A-level rider. He has an A-level trainer. 
he was competing against a lot of these horses, running against Angel of Empire, uh, Instant Coffee, two fills he finished behind, Forte's finished behind. Uh, so to me, a 10 to 1, you completely rule him out? Um, I do. I do. You like him? I, I like him underneath. I, I think he'll be flying late. Now, if he gets there, I don't know. But I do know that Gerald Rizal, I mean, I could use him for third. You think he's a win contender? I think he's the fourth horse you could throw in there to possibly win if you don't believe in Mage. Man, it would have to be. I mean, they would coffee with Chris I mean, would have to basically quarter horse National Treasure up front to get go, this pace up front. Go, for go back to November of last year. Go back to November last year uh, in the in the in the Jockey Club. Uh, he sat just off the pace. You know, yeah. didn't win, but you know, he, now he's a little older, a little more mature. Still a lot of gun runner Rosario. I think if that he runs to that form and he improves, there's a chance. Yeah, maybe uh, or, maybe a chance. I think more outside than anything else. I actually, like, I'll look, stay. You're gonna throw. You're gonna throw because. Well, you also love the connections. I mean, you're you love Asmussen and Rosario. Those two connecting. You like disarm and and I get it. They've been successful. We're both huge fans of Gunrunner and that, you know, that was a Steve Asmussen trainee. So I understand where you have him pointing a horse toward a specific race. I'm gonna stick to it. I, I think it's one of the three. It's Mage, National Treasure, or Blazing Sevens, and I think probably Blazing Sevens. My pick is is on the outside. I'm gonna take a shot because. I can't. I can't sit there and bet National Treasure at nine to five, and I can't bet Mage at three to five. <laughs> like it's, I just like I, I National Treasure is three to one. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Like I, at nine to five, I can't bet National Treasure at nine to five. I just can't. And I, I get the I, motivation of Baffert. I actually like Blazing Sevens more than Mage in this race. So my exact is the one seven. Whoa! There you go. Okay. I think you're going to see a little bit of a digression. I mean, Mage did run a 105 last out. You think he's going to run better than that? No, he doesn't no, might have to win this race. So that's the one thing. He he could probably run a 96 and win this race. But Blazing Sevens, I know he evened out last out, but uh, he's run two bullet workouts. You know Chad Brown has his horses ready to go. Chad Brown's had success in this race. Just look at the last couple of years. Uh, so he gets maybe his best three-year-old uh, on dirt running here. Uh, out of good magic, one of his horses as well, but as a rider, uh, I think Blazing Sevens, to me, uh, if I didn't like National Treasure, if National Treasure, it's between those two, in my opinion. I'm actually, I, I think it's one or seven. I think Blazing Sevens might uh, might actually be a little better than Mage, to be honest. Nope. Well, so, we'll see. I mean, he... I think Mage has been a, a, he's just benefited from a lot of things in his races. So Yeah. Um, I would agree. I think the turn of foot for Mage has been impressive. Hopefully, we'll play the old 1-7 exacta. I think for horses to use underneath, don't use the two. I can't see Coffee with Chris running in the money. Um, I would use Perform Red Route 1 underneath. So for Moose, either have a chance to win it. For Moose, it's Blazing 7s in the Preakness. For me, it's National Treasure with Blazing 7s. Uh, these stakes races your best is? Um, I would say the in the first race, Jericho. Um, the uh, the when we look at the Chick Lang, I'd go Prince of Jericho the seven. Devastated, it's not Emmanuel because that's mine as well. <laughs> so I thought me and you would be on that one. But yeah, well, I love Emmanuel as well. Both of them, I think, are going to win on Saturday on the under the card. I think there's the money to be made on the undercard. I agree with you. Make sure you check out the podcast on all your podcast platforms. Like, subscribe, betting the ponies, bet rivers, moose, moose. Good luck Saturday. We'll be we talking, I'm sure, in our group chat. No doubt. Pumping out Black Eyed Susan Day on Friday, Preakness Day Saturday. It doesn't get any better than this. Good luck, Mons. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe. We appreciate it. Good luck with all your plays. Talk to everybody next week. Betting the ponies. Bet Rivers.
Thanks for listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network.